Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. It is a beautiful day in Southern California, November 4th. 2016. I'm Charlie Wright, and we have the pleasure, opportunity, and privilege of, of welcoming our guest for the very first time, Kurt Volding, Chief Operating Officer and Chief Investment Officer of Commerce Asset Management. He speaks to us from their headquarters in Memphis, Tennessee. Kurt, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Great to have you. Great. Thank you, Charlie. Glad to be here. So, Kurt, commerce, asset management, you guys do hedge fund replication strategies. So what you seek to do is you seek to mimic the hedge fund research index, or one of those indexes, through ETF investing. Now, I'm sure everybody understood those words, but they may not fully grasp what it is you do and how you do it. So let's begin with you tell us about commerce asset management very briefly. Sure. So commerce asset management uh, has only been around since 2010, but it's really an outgrowth of an investment consulting firm, institutional investment consulting firm that goes back to uh, the early 90s, actually 1990, um, when I started there. Uh, and our focus at commerce is hedge fund portfolios, hedge fund replication, and that's my background. I was very fortunate uh, in, in growing up in the industry of uh, being involved in a firm that early with the hedge fund industry uh, and pushing hedge funds to pensions and endowments and foundations. And I, I got to be instrumental in, in growing that practice for that firm. Uh, and, and so really it, it uh, was fortunate and I guess lucky for me to be in that role. Okay, so let's talk about the uh, Hedge Fund Research Index, the HF. RI, the Equity Hedge Index. What is that? Okay, so to know that index, you have to know HFR just briefly. HFR stands for Hedge Fund Research uh, Inc., um, and they're based out of Chicago. Um, but they they were the really the the first preeminent hedge fund database to exist. They started uh, in the early '90s. Their data goes back to 1990. Um, but it's really what all institutions um, and investors that, that invested in hedge funds in the 90s and 2000s grew up with. Um, and so it is a database of hedge fund managers and the returns of those managers on a monthly basis. Um, but it's, it's kind of the, the, the stalwart of the industry um, and is, you know, what, like I say, what we grew up with. Um, as the preeminent benchmark uh, that consultants used for asset allocation studies and for comparing managers to managers and managers to their peers. Okay, and so it's an index kind of like the S&P 500 index or the energy index or something like that. So you guys seek to mimic the returns of those index, but not by investing through hedge funds, but by investing through ETFs. So tell us how it is that you guys do that. Sure, and, and just to, to make sure it's clear that the indexes for HFR, they are made up of managers, not securities. So just just to make sure that's clear. Gotcha. Um, so how do we mimic? How do how do we um, do this strategy? Well, 
we, we go, I, I like to say that we start fundamental, then we go quantitative, and then we come back to fundamental. And the way that we do this is, you know, with a philosophy first that no two managers uh, are exactly alike, but managers that follow a, a similar philosophy or strategy do tend to think alike. Um, and so what we do and how we did this was we went uh, through that, that index, the HFRI Equity Hedge Index, um, and went manager by manager and defined what strategy they used and then grouped managers that were alike um, because there, there's no reason why a U.S. long-short tech manager should be grouped up with a Western European long-short manager. And so there are about how many categories of these uh, hedge funds? Well, it depends on how you define them, but by the way that we went through and defined, we've got about 26 uh, different subgroups at this time. So uh, do you look at all 850 or so hedge funds, or do you eliminate some? No, we look at everyone that's in the index, um, and we, we've done that going back to 2010. And, and this index, it, it's a you know living, breathing index. Uh, managers um, have dropped out over time. Uh, new managers have come in over time. So it, it changes um, every month um, slightly, not not you know wholesale sure. changes, but but slightly changes every month. Right. It started out and when we started in 2010. There were over 1,100 managers in there in the index. Now okay. there's uh, you know 800 or so. Right. Okay. So uh, so in that index, about 800 managers, and then you you um, take them down to about 26 categories, and then what do you do with those categories? So within a category, um, we will then look at what pools or universe of securities that those uh, managers should be looking at. So, again, going back to a, a long-short tech um, group of managers, they should be looking at technology stocks, both long and short, but they should be focused in that area. So what we will do with each group is look at what um, pool they're fishing out of and then try to find ETFs that represent those pools. Um, fortunately for us, the ETF industry has expanded over the years, and so you know more and more securities have become available for us to throw in uh, to those comparisons. Um, we will then run our math, um, our regressions against the return stream, the average return stream for that group of managers. Going back to the HFR indices, those are equal weighted indices, so every manager gets the same weighting. So for a group of managers, we will take their average return and then regress those against um, a pool of securities that those guys should be, you know, fishing out of, if you will. Um, and you know, it ends up we get and are searching for the number of ETFs, um, hopefully smaller than larger, that will closely correlate. You know, their returns will close, closely correlate with the returns of the managers, um, and so then. Uh, the model works on net exposures on a month-to-month basis. Um, and so we should get an approximation of the moving net exposure of a group over a period of time um, that approximates uh, the returns as well um, for that group. Okay, so so you, you divide these managers into, and then this is for exactly which, uh, which index of the HFRI? 
This is the HFRI equity hedge index. Okay, this is the equity hedge index. And so about 800 in there, you put them in the 26 different categories. Then you look at the performance of each. Do you look at other factors or just performance? It's just performance. Okay. Um, now, the, the end results will tell us more information, but, but to get the end results, it is purely a, a returns-based analysis. Okay, so you look at their returns and you take their performance and you compare it to the performance of the ETFs that are within the same space or as you say out of the same pool that these um, hedge funds are fishing out of and you look at those ETFs that perform most closely to those hedge funds. Is that what you do? That's correct. As, as a group, it's you know it's a lot harder to replicate the returns of a single manager. But when you have groups of managers, there's a little bit more herd mentality. Um, and again, they're they're thinking alike. If, if if you go back to the long short tech example again, if you have uh, we have about 30 managers in that group right now, um, and so out of that 30, probably 20 think a lot alike in that they like cloud or they like internet services um, and they may not like hardware as much so they may be picking different stocks but they're they're leaning towards areas where they see more opportunities uh, and they're leaning away from areas where they see less opportunities and so they again move a little bit herd like in in where they're allocating their capital so we take you know the benefit of the ETFs which cover um, those different areas and and are able to in in appropriate sizing get uh, exposure to the same things that those managers are getting exposure to. Okay, and you're looking again to mimic the index. You're not taking the best performers. You're just mimicking the index is what you're seeking to do. Correct. It's very very hard to predict who are going to be the best performers going forward, particularly when you have. Um, so many different sub-styles and strategies, um, like going back to long-short tech. Within that long-short tech space, we have some managers that we see as being 80% net long, uh, 90% net long, while there are others that are 30% or 40% net long. So right. if, the, if the tech you know, sector is moving up, then it's pretty obvious that the 80% or 90% net long guy is going to outperform the 20 or 30% net right, long guy. Right, and right. vice versa, if, the, you know, if it's right. going down, the others are going to outperform. So right. it's v- very hard to predict that. Okay, so so what do you do then? You, so then you take the ETFs that most closely mirror the performance uh, of the the uh, hedge fund index ones that you're looking at, and then do you take the five or the two or the one, or how many then do you invest into? Well, it, it will vary by group. Um, some groups, it may only take two to three ETFs to replicate a group, um, and those, those are typically a little bit more like um, some of the smaller groups, say, say the India group. You know, there, there aren't one, aren't that many ETFs, but uh, it's fairly easy to replicate those managers. Um, it's a little bit harder when you get to general groups like uh, U.S. large cap long short. Um, so there may end up with, with a few more ETFs in, in certain groups than others. Okay. So it really, it really kind of depends. But what we, what we, you know, want, and you know, we want fewer rather than more because we're going to roll the whole, you know, every group 
into a, a total portfolio. Right. So so you're going to select, uh, let's just say, two to six ETFs for each of those 26 categories, and that's who you're going to invest in, what you're going to invest in for the next month. Is that how that works? That, that is correct. And so we, we will roll all, all of those um, you know, portfolios, those, those grouping portfolios, up into one portfolio, so that if you, you know some of the parts equals the whole, if you will. Right, right, okay. And then, do those get equal weighting? Well, again, each manager in the index is equal weighted. So, a a group that has eighty managers in it will have twice the weighting gotcha. uh, as one that has forty managers in right. it. Right. Okay, so hold that right there, Kurt. This is very interesting and certainly unique, uh, but we need to stop for a quick break. Again, we're talking with Kurt Volding, Chief Operating Officer and Chief Chief Investment Officer of Commerce Asset Management out of Memphis, Tennessee. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio and octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. And now back to Charlie and his guest. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're having a very interesting conversation with Kurt Volding of Commerce Asset Management out of Memphis, Tennessee. So, Kurt, as I understand it then, Commerce Asset Management seeks to replicate uh, hedge fund strategies by replicating in particular what we're talking about right now, right now the Hedge Fund Research uh, Inc., Equity Hedge Index, and you do that by, that by dividing the 800-plus different hedge funds in that index into 26 different categories, and then on a monthly basis, you evaluate, you, you look at the performance of each of those 26, and then you look at the ETFs that most closely replicate that same performance, and then you invest in those ETFs, several typically for each of the 26 categories, so that your your, your investments for the next month are those ETFs that are performing most closely to that index. Is that how it goes? I could have said it better. Okay. So, uh, so tell me... Now, first of all, we, uh, just yesterday, I read again in the Wall Street Journal, and anybody who reads in the Wall Street Journal reads just about every day how companies are, how investments, investment companies and organizations are leaving hedge funds. So why would an investor want to replicate what is occurring in a hedge fund index when the world right now is quite dissatisfied with hedge funds and they're leaving? Um, that's, that's actually a great question. Um you know, hedge funds since the early 90s uh, had proved their ability to pick stocks or generate alpha, um, and it, it was beautiful. It was great. Um, but the world changed after the Great Recession, 
Um, and when central bankers, and this is a little bit of personal opinion, um, but, but I think widely held, that the central bankers and macro forces uh, kind of took over. Um, company fundamentals have meant less and less um, over the last uh, eight years. Um, and it's, you know, it, it obviously doesn't apply to every company, but it's pretty pretty widespread that it's been a, a risk-on, risk-off environment. Would not disagree with you, and most every guest we've had for the past couple of months have uh, said pretty much the same thing, either on or off air. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, the growth of the passive movement um, has not helped uh, either um, as money flows in or out. Um, portfolios, particularly, you know, the indexes uh, and ETFs, um, every every position gets reduced or every position gets increased. Um, you know, for those that don't know how ETFs work, um, I, I could put in an order for, you know, $20 million worth uh, of, of an ETF, and a market maker would actually make that transaction versus uh, a you know something on the secondary market. Um, and so the market maker would go in and create shares and or redeem shares depending on my trade, and they would automatically buy or sell those those positions, and um, you know across the board. So 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 Kurt, to cut to the chase, why should in your opinion, why should an investor or an investment advisor for their investing uh, investing clients, why should they consider trying to replicate the equity hedge uh, index of the HFRI? Well, at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later, that environment will change. Um, I think a lot of people have been calling for it for a while, um, and we've seen little fits and starts to a change, but it hasn't been prolonged. But as the rate environment changes uh, and and interest rates start to move up, um, it will impact individual securities more, should impact individual securities more, um, at least longer over longer periods of time, um, obviously, as much money is flown into passive pieces, people will you know still move the markets a little bit um, by you know whether they're exiting or entering the market. But individual positions will definitely have you know fundamental influences on their price more than macro, um, as their you know many companies will not be able to survive and others will flourish. Um, and that's that's really what the hedge fund community needs um, and wants uh, is some differentiation between you know survivors or thrivers and and those that are are challenged. Well, and I would add to that um, just to help you out a little bit here, Kurt. That uh, you're talking about a hedge index, and so when somebody is just buying the Vanguard or uh, American funds or T. Rule Price or Fidelity long-only fund, there's no hedging there. And so you're talking about long-short strategies and other strategies that use hedging, and so when the markets do fall, uh, which eventually has always happened, uh, people with a hedge are going to be very pleased that they had one, and they're going to recognize maybe there are some advantages of those hedge funds there. Uh, No question about it. Hey, let's go back to your strategy here. Um, Your strategy is not always 100% invested in these ETFs. Yes, correct. We will most likely never be 100% invested. So how do you determine what portion to keep in cash? 
Well, um, we are more reactionary, so it's not our decision to say we, we think we need to be 60% net long right now. Um, again, it's a, it's a result of the analysis of where the managers are themselves. I think they're a lot smarter than we are at um, determining where their portfolio needs to be um, at, at any point in time. Um, and so we're, we, we kind of look at it as, as roughly 800 brain trust that um, are much smarter than our one brain trust uh, or three brain trust, however many you want to say. It's much, much smarter within their areas of expertise. So we follow their direction as to where our analysis shows their net exposures are. Uh, and that typically, um, over our six-year you know, plus history, has been between 40% net long and 70% net long. Um, we have slightly exceeded 70% net long, but as low as we've gone, it's about 41% uh, percent, uh, net long. So it, it's going to range in there. And, and obviously, there are managers who are net short. There are managers with much lower net exposure than 40%. But it's it's more of a personality thing. Um, you know, there there are managers. We've you know, my history goes back to manager research, and it really goes to personalities. There there are managers who are perennially bulls and and very comfortable being net long between fifty and one hundred percent net long. While there are others who who are always you know very skittish or nervous and and feel much better being in a low net exposure position. Right, um, right. So when you put them together, uh, all of these managers, you know, historically we've seen that the net exposures have fallen between about 40% and 70% net long. I see. Okay. So that, that's a distinct difference between your, your mutual fund, again, that is uh, going to be uh, basically fully invested. So he, here's a question. You guys invest in ETFs, and yet you mimic an index of hedge funds. So we all know that the disadvantage of hedge funds has always been, one, illiquidity, two, high fees, and three, they're opaque. You don't know what the heck they're investing in. But I presume that because you invest in ETFs, it doesn't. your, your fund does not have those disadvantages. Is that correct? That is correct. Um, we, we designed this strategy with the focus of avoiding the negatives that come along with hedge funds. So, um, you know, liquidity uh, is one for the investor uh, instead of having monthly, quarterly, annually, or, or even worse liquidity. Um, our, our portfolios are liquid within a day um, or, you know, T-plus and uh, so we can we can go to cash you know very quickly if a if a client wants to go to cash, um, we obviously carry a cash balance, uh, so there's cash available uh, at all times. Um, we're completely transparent, so all positions are, are known. Um, all our positions are actually exchange traded, so they're they're quoted throughout the day. Um, our fees are, are capped. Um, and, and actually compared to long, short mutual funds, you know, obviously we're cheaper than, than hedge funds, but we're also cheaper than most long, short mutual funds. You know, you get to keep your, your um, money uh, in the States. You're not sending it offshore or, right. uh, you know, you don't, you don't have manager risk uh, as far as single manager right. risk goes, meaning concentration of positions or right. leverage or uh, things that you can't control that a manager may be doing in their partnership. Um, so, uh, we, you know, it's a lot of lot of pluses. Uh, okay. 
So, so tell us here uh, the structure where you provide services. You provide services to advisors through with this ETF, correct? Correct. Uh, we have the ETF, um, which is available to all. Um, you know, we we also um, will do separate accounts. Um, there's a point where it's not economic, uh, you know, really to do that uh, at a smaller level. So the ETF is more appropriate. Okay. Um, do you do have institutional clients as well? Well, we do. We do have separate accounts as well, um, and you know those uh, can be much more economical, um, you know, for an institution versus going into a fund um, vehicle. Okay. Um, and we we can advise you know clients on on their hedge fund allocations as well. Okay. So tell us a question we'd like to ask all of our guests here, Kurt. What keeps you awake at night? Um, for our strategy, the, the thing that really kind of keeps me awake at night are, are you know, quick major shifts uh, or, you know, in trends or sentiment um, that will be long-lasting. You know, for our strategy, there is a little bit of a time delay um, between when the managers report all their returns and when we're able to act uh, on that data. Um, and so... Uh, there's that delay, and we can, you know, we can get behind the curve a little bit. So if everybody gets scared uh, and the market starts to to go against them, managers will tend to pull their uh, net exposures down. Um, and if that trend continues, we may be, you know, five percent uh, overexposed compared to the group. Uh, and if they if the trend continues down. Um, then when we make our adjustment the next month, they may be 5% more ahead of us again. Um, and so we'll continually be a little bit overexposed. Um, but, you know, when a, a short-term whipsaw occurs, it actually works in our favor. I was so, just going to say that. That can also be an advantage here. Right. So right. Long, longer-term major shifts, um, you know, we can get a little bit behind um, shorter-term whipsaws can work in our favor. And, okay. And over time, they they tend to, to wash themselves out. Okay, so also, Kurt, uh question we'd like to ask all of our guests, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Um, there's a book that uh, I don't remember the exact date, um, but it, it was it's called Get Rich Slowly. Um, it's written by Bill Spitz, uh, who was the former chief investment officer at Vanderbilt. And uh, it's got some really good investment advice on long-term investing um, and kind of not, you know, uh, not worrying about the short term as much. Hey, well, thank you. That's a book we have not had recommended before, so uh, we appreciate that very much. So provide your website, will you? Sure. Uh, It's www.camhedge.com. That's as in commerce asset management. Hedge.com. Okay, and uh, you're the ticker symbol for your uh, um, equity hedge index ETF. That is QEH. QEH. Okay, so uh, Kurt, final words for our listeners. Um, final words. Uh, asset allocation matters most. Uh, staying invested is important. Um, trying to market time is tough. So remember, I guess, if anything, uh, investing is a marathon, not a sprint. But uh, there are hills on the course, um, and you, you got to be, you know, I guess, cognizant of w- when you're running uh, downhill. Feels pretty easy, and uh, there's there's going to be an uphill uh, run at some point. So be prepared. Very good, Kurt. No, no question about it. We all have uh, have recognized that. So, Kurt, thank you very much for being with us today. 
Thank you, Charlie. Again, we've been talking with Kurt Volding, Chief Operating Officer and Chief Investment Officer of Commerce Asset Management out of Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Charlie Wright. You've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we wish you an enjoyable week and productive investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. Investing is not rocket science.